to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two cousins who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Monica. And that reflection in the window was my brother. Yeah, that's all I Who's wearing a bright-ass yellow shirt, so he showed up really well in the reflection. He is uh, doing some last-minute getting his life together because uh, we leave tomorrow to move him. It's going to be really weird, like, when I come over and he's not here, and I can only imagine how weird it's going to be for you, because your two best friends are not living here. <laughs> yeah, so I live at my parents' house, because, you know, I moved back from Thailand with money that I made in Thailand, which means I didn't really have money to buy an apartment. Um, also, my parents let me live here for free, so... Yep. Um, uh, so I live at my parents' house, but also so do my brother and his girlfriend, they're moving to Florida. So I'll be alone. And here's the thing. So I have like six best friends, right? Yeah, how many people? Yeah, six, like, like six or seven best friends, right? So Renee's moving to Florida. Jillian already doesn't live here. Mm-hmm. Montana already lives in Florida. Courtney lives in New York City. Brittany is going to South Africa. And so Amanda... And Amanda lives here, but she has two kids and works full-time, so our schedules to see each other don't really work out very well. Mm-hmm. And Christelle's still in Thailand. So literally, you're it! Get ready yeah. for me to be hella annoying, because <laughs> I have zero friends left! Yeah, and that's fine, because I have, like, three friends, and I do nothing. So, I mean, like, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> literally, all of my friends don't live here. My last friends are leaving, yeah, except you. Yeah. For now. I mean, I guess. Brittany and I were talking about it because I got lunch with Brittany this week. And we were talking about how the fuck do you make friends as adults? Like, we came home. All of our friends are still in Thailand. What do we do? Yeah, that's what I was Because, like, obviously, like, you have... In school, you have an environment where you can make friends. Unless you're in, like, a... Uh, like, in a group environment type of job that you know, like, you're going to stay at, can you really make friends? Right, so, like, in high school and college, you kind of, like, are forced to have friends. Yeah. And then, like, our job in Thailand, we talk all the time about how it wasn't really a job. Mm. It was because, like, just the way moving to a different country, living in a place where you don't speak the language, the only people you see are your friends from work, like, it, and, like, and also just the environment of the work, like, place and the age of the people who work there, it really was just more college, basically. Yeah. So, like, this is... I mean, and granted, I've had times where I wasn't in college, but, like, for Brittany, she went right from school to Thailand. Yeah. So she's never, like, not been in school. Yeah. She's like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. She's like, I have two friends. Well, here. Yeah. She has other friends, but not in our area. Yeah. The, and that's a really rough thing. That's why, like, I, because after that's high school. That's the best and worst thing about traveling as much as I have is that I, I once went through my Facebook and counted how many different countries I have friends in on Facebook, and I got to, I think, 100 or 110. So of the 197 countries in the world, I have friends in over 100. Mm -hmm. But in my city, I have two friends. Yeah. Like. It's it's hard. And then trying to have, and it sucks because you form those close bonds with those people, and they don't. It's not like you can call them up and say, hey, like, let's go to the mall or, like, let's go shopping or go out and get right. tea or whatever it is. It's like, I'll see you in eight years. Love and miss you. Like, yeah, like, the number of texts that I send that just say I miss you is, like, all of them. Because yeah. 
but I, I don't. Yeah. Also, sometimes I have friends who decide that they're going to fall off the face of the planet um, for months at a time, particularly one person who has a history of just disappearing. Mm-hmm. And I was finally starting to be like, well, I guess I'm never going to talk to him again. This motherfucker texted me last night and was like, I'm so sorry I've been gone. Uh, too late. I already met who? I have met no one. I haven't met anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, in, that's when you, like, be, like, one of those really, like, crazy people and, like, you put, like, a mannequin head in your bed and you post on your Saturday story. I have never done that, but I have seen a TikTok of this Ew, girl doing God, it. No. It was very weird. Listen, I'm just, listen, I, yeah. There's this guy, I met him in China two years ago. Actually, two years ago to the week almost. Oh, okay. It's okay. They, I already told them that you're packing and everything. We are, no, I know. It's just that's the long cord, and I'm just going to buy one that has more slots because I've got too much stuff. Yeah, no, but I'll keep it out here because I already have a long one in my bedroom. I wasn't sure if you ended up using it. I did. Talking about extension cords, very exciting. <laughs> no, um, I met this guy in China two years ago. We are friends, just friends, kind of. There's always been chemistry, but uh, he lived in China and I lived in Thailand, and then he moved back to America, and I still live in Thailand, and now we both live in America. But I live on the East Coast, and he lives on the West Coast, and like, we're not. Ne- it's never gonna work. Yeah. But he likes to do this thing where, like, as soon as I'm like fully accepting that he's not in my life, he reappears from the dead and it's not like he's fuckboying me like he doesn't like just not talk to me he ghosts his entire social media presence everything he like handles mental like stress by shutting down Mm -hmm. so I know it's not like he's fucking with me and like also we're just friends so there's nothing to be fucking with yeah but it's like it's like damn I was just like okay why are you here? And it's not like a why are you here in a bad way because like he's a good person. Yeah. It's like a... It's just like, can we not have my emotions on a fucking yo-yo all the time? <laughs> um, well, for me, as you guys saw in last week's episode, I was in Florida. Um, but before, um, well, after that video came, um, after we recorded that video... Uh, I ended up going down to Universal. It was my first time at Universal. It was your first time ever? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I wouldn't have made fun of you as much. Yeah, it was my very first time at Universal. It was a lot of fun. A little stressful. Very hot. Um, of Welcome course, to July in, in Florida. Florida. And I knew it was in the And here's hot. the thing. Most of the time when you've gone to Florida, it's been to visit family. And so you've been on the coast. Mm-hmm. Orlando is a swamp. It really is. It <laughs> Why do you, really when is. When I worked in Orlando in July, I got heat stroke twice. twice. Yeah. Like, I, it was so much fun, though. Like, it was me, my boyfriend, my brother, my cousin, and my nephew. We all went. It oh, was so much like fun. Cousin, I heard. Bash. Bash went with us. And um, it, Co- we, Cody is in love with Harry Potter. I am. I, I'm not obsessed, but I don't hate it. I'm like... Okay, Harry Potter, that's that's cool. So, of course, we did the Harry Potter world, and um, we went to Ollivander's Wands. And did you, now, did you get a character wand, or did you get your own wand? We made? got our own wand. Okay. Cody got picked for the demonstration. 
Stop. How cute. I had, I literally saw him get pulled up and he got all excited and I recorded it. I felt like such a proud mom. And so it's like I was recording him and he was going through the whole thing. They were making him say all these spells and all the wands weren't working and then the light shined down when he picked up the right wand. So oh, it was like the whole so movie cute. thing. He, after he got that, he, we stepped out into the rest of the room where you can like talk to the workers there and they'll help, they, they'll talk to you about your personality and then they'll pick a Good wand one. for you. Yeah. And, um, so I, mine was an ash wand. His is a birch, but his has, he knew what core he had. He had the dragon string, heart string core. I don't know what core mine was because she was like, there's people that walk around in like black outfits that can possibly tell you your core. I didn't see anyone. So I was like, damn. I would have just told them what my Pottermore wand is and be like, I want mine, exactly this. Mine's a Phoenix tail, um, mm. core. And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to pretend that it's a Phoenix tail core. Um, and before we went, I retook my Pottermore quiz. First time I took it as a Gryffindor, I'm like, that's incorrect. No, I've been a Hufflepuff for six years. This is not happening right before I'm going into Harry Potter. So I retook it again. It came out Hufflepuff. And DJ's girlfriend, my, my brother's girlfriend, was very excited about it because she is also a Gryffindor and couldn't get over the fact that I was a Hufflepuff. And I was like, no, I'm a Hufflepuff. That, that's just what I am. So she got very excited that I came with Gryffindor the first time. But then I took it again. I got Hufflepuff. Then I, I was took- just checking. My brother and I have the same wand and the same house. We have different Patronuses, but I have a picture of his saved on my phone, oh. and that's the only reason I remember. Because my wand is a Hawthorne wand, 11 inches with a unicorn hair. So it says we're both Slytherins, but this is the best part. His Patronus is a hippogriff. How the fuck? His Patronus is a hippogriff, because my brother is the coolest person on the entire planet. That is really cool. Mine is a fucking squirrel, which, <laughs> if anybody knows me, knows that that is literally the only animal on the face of the planet that I am yeah, afraid of. Yeah. No, yeah, that's really funny, because I was just going to tell you, I when Ebony saw me take my Pottermore quiz and I got Hufflepuff, I was like, well, let me tell you my Patronus. Let's do my Patronus. And then I'm like, my Patronus will really show through. I got a fucking beagle. And, like, there's nothing more Hufflepuff about that than me getting a beagle. Yeah. Like, come on. And so I was like, yeah, there's, she's like, yeah, there's no way you're not a Hufflepuff. I was like, exactly. No. And, um, but that was really fun. And we got to ride the Hogwarts Express. That was cool as shit. It felt like, I, I, and I was, like, geeking out. And, like, because I have seen all the movies. But it was such a different experience being, like, in it. It was yeah. like, they, you went through all these experiences that characters do in the movies. And I was just like, oh, that, well, not everyone. But... It, it was still just awesome. And, like, the Dementors came on the Hogwarts Express, and then Ron, Harry, and Hermione are, like, fighting them all. Oh, my God. It was just the coolest shit. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, I would go back to do it again. Um, Honestly, I just want to go back to Universal for the new Jurassic Park roller coaster. That's all I care about. And I'm so mad that we didn't get to see it, because, FYI, I was not feeling good halfway through the day, and we had a dip well, earlier. I mean, it was 150 degrees. Yeah, it was so hot. It was like an oven, and then I also had personal health issues going on, and I was just like, yep, no, I, 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 got, I literally felt like I couldn't walk to the car. I have to figure out if I'm doing anything when I go to Orlando. Um, so I'm going to Orlando next week. But if you go to Orlando, and you do go to Disney, and for some reason you end up in Harry Potter, could I just have a baby Yoda? Well, um, you said Harry Potter. I didn't mean Star Wars. Okay. I just I just want a small thing from Star Wars because I missed that I wasn't there. Yeah. What? Is your... No. All right. Yeah, because you just texted me. 
Are you listening to All Eyes on Me by Bo Burnham? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also. Yeah, no, 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 you're fine. I can't hear it, George. I can only hear it even well, yesterday. I could only hear it when I go to the stairs. Yeah, I just Don't close your door. You're gonna die of heat stroke. Okay. Okay. No, you're okay, sweetie. You're fine. We're having a little bit of interruption today because, like I said, my brother's moving tomorrow. And so it's this. You get a special guest, George. Panic packing. Yes. <laughs> um, we love a good panic pack. Oh, uh, absolutely. Which is what I'll be doing tomorrow because. Um, yeah, you have I one have, day to pack up. I have done right, absolutely nothing yet, but that's because we haven't had time to do the laundromat until tonight, which means that I don't start packing at all until tomorrow. tomorrow. And I leave tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> tomorrow, Jesus. I don't know what time I'm leaving tomorrow. Oh my God. So yeah, that's the like, thing. All is, night, as soon as you go over the laundromat, okay, this is going, this is going, this is I going. I mean, granted, so luckily, I am packing for 14 days where I will have access to a washer and dryer for at least eight of those 14 days. Yeah. Whereas, um, they're packing to live. Yeah, that's a whole other, <laughs> that, that's the one thing that I'm anxious for for when I decide to move, is how the hell, like, I can barely pack a suitcase to go away. How the hell am I going to pack up my life and just be like, bye, and like, I don't know how See, you like, did it. I, I asked Jillian, because I don't remember anything about that night. Because I am like, I know I'll be panicking, I'll probably have 7,000 anxiety attacks, and I'm just be sure. like, I mean, like, right. things that I need to do. I need to go to the store and buy more of my sleep gummies because I realize I only have one more night of med- vitamins. Like, things like that are like, oh, I'm leaving. I should buy my medicine. I should make sure I have enough medicine for the whole time I'm gone. Like, I need to run to Target. Like, those are the kinds of things that I'm doing. Like, the actual packing is not difficult because I'm like, I like this shirt. I don't like this shirt. Like, yeah. And also, like, I don't really have that much clothes. Yeah, like, and that, that's kind of how it was for me. I was just like, what have I worn in the past month? That's what I'm bringing Right. Because I'm like, I'm not going to want to wear anything I haven't. Like, I brought dresses down. I didn't wear a single one. Because well, I thought we were going to be doing more. There were other people that were supposed to be going with us that ended up not going. Yeah. And there were other plans that were going to be made. And those plans did not happen. So I was like, I'm like I'll just bring a dress in. Yeah. I was going to. I just realized that I need a nice outfit. Anyway, because uh, this episode will publish before that, so we're yeah. not going to talk about that yet. Yeah. Just in case. She doesn't listen to this podcast. No, she does not. Um, um, but, yeah, so, like, it's been an exciting week. Uh, Mary-Kate definitely has a lot going on until, oh so like, the second week of August. I literally texted Monica the other day, like, just, like, I don't text separate texts text. like I'm a very much like I will type a whole paragraph mm-hmm. this week I have sent Monica about 400 texts because I literally was like okay so this is what I'm doing this day and 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 then I'm gone and then when I come back I have to do this and this and this and like I don't know when I'm gonna sleep till yeah. 2022 at this point yeah and uh that I was just like I feel so bad but just is- kidding I'm gonna sleep really well on the morning, because I don't sleep at night, on the morning of August 6th. That's when you're done with everything? That's when I will sleep. I'm happy for you. But probably it won't be well. Yeah, it'll probably just be like a toss and turn type of sleep. But 
There is some interesting news. Guess who probably is going to be working at the end of the month? Oh, you got a job. I messaged my hairstylist, and she's um, hooking me up with Lauren. I have to fill out a resume, and I'm officially applying for that. And if I don't get it, when I went into Alto, they literally were like, do you want to work here? We're going to, we can offer you a job. And I was just like, you know, let me think. I'm like, I'm not going to, like, this happened, like, right before I left for Florida. I said, I'm not going to be home for a week, so let me think about it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, we're, we need we need staff. I mean, that's like, the thing. You know is, what you're doing. And I was like. Well, and that's the thing. Like, honestly, getting a job right now is so easy because yeah, everywhere is desperate. And Unless you're looking for very specific, specific things. Like, for me, I have a teaching, a teaching degree with a certification in high school English. Right now, that is one of the least hireable fields mm-hmm. because English teachers – PSA to anyone in school going to be a teacher. If you are super passionate about English literature and that's what you want to talk about, fine. If you just want to be a teacher and you're trying to figure out what is an easy way to be a good influence on kids, do not become an English teacher. Math is always needed. Science, special ed, um, TESOL, like teaching English to speakers of other languages. Mm. Those are super, super desired fields. English and history, most people who want to be teachers and don't really have a passion about a specific subject do those because it's the easiest, and that's why we can't get jobs. Yeah. I didn't do it because I just wanted to be a teacher. I did it because I really, oh really, God. like, only care about books. Yeah. But it's also screwing me right now because if I had gone for special education or teachers uh, teaching English to speakers of other languages, which I did consider, I would have a job right now. And because I didn't, I don't. Yeah. But if you're just trying to work at, like, a restaurant or a store and you just need an extra paycheck, like, income, you just are sick of being alone in your house. Yeah. Please. And this is not just because, like, obviously most of the people who listen to this show probably already have jobs. Yeah. Because of just the people that I know that listen to it. Mm -hmm. But if you are listening to this and you don't have a job right now, I got the unemployment is cushy right now. I get it. But the number of businesses that are failing. Mm-hmm. And not like Amazon and Walmart are not failing. Yeah. But like local restaurants, mm-hmm. local stores, like I everyone I know who owns a business is struggling yeah. because nobody will take a job. Mm-hmm. And if you want to just get out of your house and do something even if it's part-time, Please do it because people are desperate. And, like, because that was one of the things where when it came down for me to look for a new job, because I have been on unemployment this past year and I don't like it. But (laughs) I haven't because I'm not eligible because I didn't live in America. Yeah, that's rough. But when. But it's okay because I have a job. (laughs) Yeah. It, It was just when I was on unemployment, I was like. I was keeping my normal paycheck, what was my actual paycheck for my spending, and anything extra, like the COVID pay, went right into my savings. Yeah. Because I'm like, I know I'll need this one day. I'm going back to school. I could pay for a big hunk of my schooling out of this. Yeah, which, and and I get it. Like I'm saying, I'm not saying, like, I fully get why it is difficult to walk away from the unemployment Mm -hmm. payment. That is not a judgment call on the people receiving the money. Mm -hmm. I have lots of feelings about the people giving the money. Yeah. And the way that the money is being given and who's getting it and why. Yeah. But obviously to the people who are at home who could use that extra $300 a week, like I don't blame you. If I could get an extra $300 a week, I would too. Mm -hmm. Believe me, we all need the money. And especially with people losing jobs because of Mm -hmm. COVID and people – 
who have families and things like that. And yeah. if you had anybody you know get sick and you have medical bills, like, believe me, I am not unaware of the desperateness of a lot of people's situations. Yeah. I just also know a lot of business owners who are just as desperate, desperate, but because of the anti-corporate America, like, mindset, yeah. people aren't thinking about the fact that these business owners, like, okay, like, for example, I used to work at a Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen Corporation, fine. The man who owns the store that I worked at, mm -hmm. he is not, he's a, a grandpa and mm -hmm. a dude who lives in my city. And, like, he's owned this. It's a family restaurant. Like, yes, he, <coughs> sorry, he pays fees to be part of a corporation, but he is not Warren Buffett. He is not Dairy yeah. Queen. He's just a guy with five kids and 14 grandkids who's trying to make something of his life. Yeah. And he's struggling right. to get people to stay. Yeah. And that, <coughs> and that is a hard thing. And, like, that's why I, I am very excited to get back to work. It's nice because I've had no schedule for almost a year and a half now. Almost. Yeah, a year and a half. I haven't had a schedule. I haven't had a... And honestly, I will tell you... As nice as it might be to not have a job. Having that schedule. That, that schedule, especially if you have, like, any kind of, like, mental health things with, like, anxiety. Just, mm -hmm. like, the lack of routine is fucking me up. Yeah, and that that's where I, like, I got to that point a while ago. And it's just, like, I've been riding out the wave. and cause, But the thing is, I'm looking now because when September hits, unemployment stops in New York State. Everyone's going to be looking for a job. Right. I want to make sure I have That's the other thing. If, if, if you're in New York, get a job now because in a month and a half when that $300 extra stops mm -hmm. and companies stop paying mm -hmm. $16, $17 an hour to start because more people are hiring and it's not as desperate, you're going to wish you had gotten a job in July. Mm -hmm. And, and like, that's not, that's not to say like, but like if we're gonna, gaming the system, game it correctly. Yeah. Like, do what you got to do. Like, lose that extra 300 for four weeks yeah. to have a higher paying job yeah. than you would if you kept the extra 300 mm -hmm. Like, And I don't know if every place is doing that incentive of doing that raise. Well, no. And I mean, obviously, bonus, and obviously, um, right now, minimum wage for fast food restaurants in, in New York State is $15 an hour. So, yeah. like, if you're working at a restaurant, it's already going to be 15, 15. But, like, I know my my old boss is paying 16 to start. Mm -hmm. with, And that's with... For like with no qualifications yeah. for nothing. When I worked there, granted, I worked there. I started there. Ago. I started there seven years ago. Yeah, but then you left. Well, I left. I left three and a half. Yeah. But I when I started there seven and a half years ago, I was making nine seventy five. Yeah. And now they're hiring sixteen dollars an hour. Mm -hmm. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, granted, seven years is a, a long, a time. long time. Yeah. But like. Yeah, and it's it's just gotten to the point where it's like, I I uh, like I do miss working, and if I I decided to not go back into a restaurant, I which every, is fine because it's not two, for people, it's not for all people, and it's not. I didn't have an issue with customers, or sometimes I wanted to deck a customer in the face, but you get that with any job that you're gonna get if you're working in customer service, but. Mine have just been behind the scenes experiences in restaurants, oh, yeah. and I I've heard so many horror stories besides my own. Yeah, and I mean honestly, I've I whereas like case. I if I needed a minimum minimum wage job right now and I wasn't going into education, I would never go into retail. Yeah, because I've never worked retail. Mm -hmm. I have only ever worked tourism and food. Mm -hmm. I would never. I have applied for jobs in retail, but I have no retail experience. 
And honestly, I don't want it. Yeah. I loved my job most days mm-hmm. when I was working at Dairy Queen because I was a cake decorator. Mm-hmm. So when I was there in the mornings and I was just making and decorating cakes, I loved it. Afternoon shifts when I had to talk to people. Didn't really like that. Didn't really always like it. Um that's a but it's also part of it was like I didn't always like the people I worked with because some of them were really stupid. Yeah. And I didn't always and my boss and I had a not the one I've been talking about, his son. He and I have a very love-hate relationship. So there were days where I was ready to deck him in the face and quit on the spot. But like, to be honest, I've already considered going back there if I can get a job doing just cakes and nothing else. Yeah. But it's like but that was a good environment for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I would come in in the morning, I would have a task list of all the things that I needed to make, all the cake orders that I needed to do, everything, like a list of these are all the things I have to do. And for me and the way that I work, that was great. I would come in, I would get my list, I would check off all the things that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. And like I had, um, now that I'm like looking back into it, I really wanted to stick in a field that was going towards what I'm doing. Right. And um, at Ulta, like, I know makeup, I know brands, I know what works, what doesn't work for what skin types, and that I can help people understand the makeup a little bit more. I can, I've been doing it for, like, seven freaking years now. It's like, I have some form of an idea. Yeah. But I also understand that, like, it's, it's hard to get into, get into that, and, like, more so the hair, working at the salon. Because there are so many, like, tedious little things that I can only do there. Like, I can literally only answer the phone and sweep hair. I can't wash hair. I can't do anything else. I have to stand there because I don't have my credentials yet. Right. And so I can't put my hand... I can't legally touch another person in the state of New York in a salon unless I have my uh, license. Legally, you shouldn't be touching anyone ever, unconsensually. But... But I mean, <laughs> there's a... If you were shampooing someone's hair, it would not be non-consensual. Yeah. But, no, so, yeah, so, like, there's pros and cons to both. But. And at least if I start this now, by the time I'm in school, I can kind of already ha- If I just started both at the same time, I know I would fry. So, at least I can do something, and then when I get and into get school. And get your stamina of being a person again, back up. Yeah. Um, but me and Mary-Kate have things to do. and have things to do today. Also, just so you know, because this whole I'm leaving tomorrow thing, it is Wednesday. We usually record on Saturday, so... Uh, it's Wednesday, my dude. <laughs> um, so, I'm, I'm a little out of it. Like, last week we also recorded on Wednesday because Monica was in Florida, and then I edited the podcast on Wednesday, and then on Saturday I was like, oh, shit, I edited it, but I still have to put it on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, I apologize if we're off this week yeah. or next week. Or, you know, just oh, in general. August 6th, we'll be back to it. Yeah, August 6th, we will have our shit together. We also got a fancy new camera and some new editing uh, equipment and everything because my dad loves me. Mm-hmm. Well, no, my dad is going to use it for himself, too. Let's be honest, yeah. it's not just for me. But we got some fancy new equipment and stuff that we will be moving up to with, like, better microphones, better cameras, all that fun stuff. But, again, uh, this week is crazy and not the time to try new equipment yeah experimenting week probably won't happen till mary kate's home we can have a day where we can actually understand the equipment and mess around where neither one of us is rushed so, so uh, august 6th see yeah. you then see you then <laughs> <laughs> um before we start the episode yes sir you need to start with 
We're no, we've been recording. We're just talking about our lives. Well, that's what I mean. Yes. Yeah. No. Okay. Oh. All right. So we are talking about episode ten, the energy eater. It was uh, rated seven point five out of ten stars and premiered on December thirteenth, nineteen seventy four. The little blurb is not a little blurb actually. It's the very long blurb. It's the whole show. A new hospital is plagued by a series of electrocutions, and Shack discovers that the burial spot of a Native American bear god spirit was awakened by the hospital's construction. Will Shack be able to drive the poltergeist back into hibernation before it's too late? Which I don't even think you really got an answer to that, but that's okay. No, we did. We did? Yeah. All I heard is that Danny's like, oh, I hope it worked. No. And they, I'll, I'll, yeah. When we get it, there, we'll it get worked. there. But... Um, I was just very confused. Also, we didn't watch it together, like, at all this week, so. Because Monica just got back from Florida. Yeah. It was directed by Alexander Grasshoff, who previously directed uh, Zombie and Bad Medicine. Um, So, basically, whenever there is a culturally sort of touchy subject, let's get him to direct it. Yeah. Um, But also, I Googled him. And usually I just look at these people's IMDb credits, but there was a lot of very interesting people this week, so mm-hmm. I actually was, like, actually Googling people. And I found my most favorite fact I've ever found about um, a director. He won an Oscar for the best documentary film for a movie called The Young Americans. But then the... Oscars people found out that the first premiere screening had actually been a year earlier mm-hmm. than they thought it was, and so it wasn't actually eligible for the Oscars, so they yanked it back. Oh, damn. That's rough. Yeah. Um, uh, the story and teleplay were by Arthur Rowe. He wrote for a variety of t- TV shows such as Mission Impossible, The Girl from Uncle, Gunsmoke, Adventures of Ren Tin Tin. Like, he was one of those guys. And the teleplay was by Rudolph Borchett, who already wrote The Ripper on the Alien episode, and I think he writes two more. Okay. That shadow work broke in those episodes, man. I know he wasn't part of that, but, like, I miss it. Um, Because the camera work on this episode, yikers. I understand why certain things are the way they were, but yikers, it really shows its age. I really... I, I, I guess, didn't hate it, but yes, I liked it for I the, think there was a lot of things that I thought were really, really well done for, for the, the time. But it shows the age of yeah. the show. Really? Now, this really week, divinely. there were six guest stars. Oh, T. And also, they are six of the most bizarre human beings. Like, I just... I was in a rabbit hole. Um. So, first we have William Smith. Uh, he played Jim Elkhorn, the medicine man slash shaman slash Kolchak's uh, BFF for the yeah. episode. Um, holy cow, this guy. Let me tell you. He has over 300 credits. Oh, damn. He acted for 75 years, starting when he was, like, 11. He, like, had a really big muscular build, so he played a lot of outlaws and Native Americans and medicine men, like, back in the Western area thing. Mm-hmm. But also, he was basically a super spy. This man was in the military, and he had CIA clearance and NSA clearance. He speaks, like, six languages, like, literally actually a super spy who also just was an actor for shits on the side. 
Yo, Mance <laughs> came up and said, watch me. Um, He was best known for playing Falconetti in Rich Man, Poor Man, which I have no idea what it is, but that is apparently a big deal. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't get over reading all about his uh, military history. Life. Yeah, like, whew. Then we have Elaine Giftos, who played Nurse Janice. Um, she started as a ballet dancer, moved to Broadway, and then moved to TV. She wasn't didn't do a lot of stuff, but she did some. Um, she's beautiful. Yeah, she, she was, was really most known for being in a movie called Everything You Always Wanted to Know About Sex But Were Too Afraid to Ask. What a title. Right. Um, she also was married to this guy named Herbert Wright, which there's two reasons why I'm bringing up who she was married to, because her marriage is not important. She's a badass woman on her own. Yeah. But he was a massive sci-fi writer who, like, wrote for, like, Star Trek The Next Generation and all of this stuff, who literally calls all of his writing. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to write all the weird shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so basically we would love him. Yeah. Also, she used his last name to become a feng shui consultant and wrote a book called The Right, spelled, like, their last name, The Right Way to Feng Shui. Like, what? (laughs) What These people are bananas. Um, Then there's Tom Drake, who plays Don Kibbe, who is the architect who helps Kolchak check out the basement, who's, like, the friend who owes him a favor. Don Kibbe was... um, Judy Garland's leading man in Meet Me in St. Louis. Aww. He was handsome when he was young. But he's from that era where when you were hired, you weren't hired for a movie. You were hired by a studio. studio to be like a stock in their studio. So he's got tons and tons of credits as part of the MGM Studios like deal. Yeah. He that he that's who he was. But like that's his big thing. Um then we have Michael Strong, who played Walter Green, which was, like, the super angry owner of the hospital. Um, Again, he was never... Literally, his description on IMDb says, not known for having a big presence. He always had a big presence. Because, like, he was never really a leading man. He just was in hundreds of credits, but always as, like, a soldier or a police officer or a really angry boss. Like, he Mm -hmm. always had a big presence Presence. in whatever he was in. Mm -hmm. He was just never, like, a big guy, and he was in, but he was in Mission Impossible in Colombo, obviously. Yep. But he was best known for um, playing a lieutenant in the movie Patton. Okay. Um, then we have Robert Euro, who played the detective, who was actually only in one scene, scene. because this episode was weirdly not really about crimes. Yeah. It was, but not really. It was more, like, about the hospital having to cover its ass. Yeah. Um, he was typecast as villains, as, like, tough guy, big mm-hmm. guy again. Um, he was best known for his role in um, The Ride to Hangman's Tree. He was in a lot of westerns and stuff. And then we have my favorite of the strange, strange people. Like, we have Super Spy, Feng Shui Consultant, and then this lady, Joyce Jilson. She played Diana. Again, was only in one scene, but this lady... Her acting roles are very few. I think there was like 28 or something. Mm-hmm. She played the title role in the movie Super Chick. Like she played Super Chick, mm-hmm. which is like she's really, really pretty. Um, but she has very, very few credits. But that's because she worked for the movie studios the whole like her whole life as the astrologer 
who helped them decide what days would be astrologically best to premiere movies on. She's the one who chose the opening day of Star Wars. What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, they just just said, who are the fucking weirdest people people in the Hollywood right now? Let's throw them in here. Yo, if they still did that. I don't know. Could they? If they do. I know where I'm working. It's I'm like, like, the tides in the but moon also, are But also, right she's, now. like, fucking crazy, and her last two books before she died were called Astrology for Dogs and Astrology for Cats. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> Maybe my dog's astrology. So today, either you're going to win $1,000 and get a promotion at work, or die. Oh, fuck, it was the second one. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, um, basically, they said, hmm, how can we put the most interesting people in one room? I got it. Shack. Yep. Well, I think she, she's psychotic, <laughs> but I love her. Right? Like, we got a super spy, a fun quick consultant, an astrologist. Wow. You know what? I love our crazy little bunch that we got here today. So, when I say I went down a Google rabbit hole. You really did. <laughs> Jesus. Because how could I not? Could you imagine having that job? Like, realistically. Could you imagine just, like, you could come up, like, if people are putting their faith into you, you can go with them some stupid mumbo jumbo and just be like, Oh, yeah, Saturn is in uh, Virgo. Yeah, that's a great time. Let's go for it. Literally, yesterday I was trying to read my horoscope, and I opened I was trying to decide a new horoscope app because, like, I like like, like the apps that I have, but I want one that also just has, like, a message for the day kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I opened it, and it was like, well, because the moon is in Scorpio. And I was like, the moon's in Sagittarius. And I deleted the app because I was like, you don't even know where the moon is. Yeah, the moon is in... Because when I was born, the moon was in Scorpio. No, but the moon only stays in a sign for two and a half days. So, like, that changes. But literally, the moon was in Sagittarius yesterday. So, when it said, because the moon's in Scorpio, I was like, nope, you're wrong. See, that's how how those um, horoscope apps get you. If you're into astrology and into your birth chart and stuff like that, whether you believe it or not, it's still fascinating to read about. Because if the moon can control the tides on the Earth, we're made of majority water. So, it has to have some effect. Right. Um... But if you look into all that stuff and you do, like, I highly suggest Time Passages over CoStar. It's really good. It shows you your whole chart and lays it out for you in a very cohesive way. And it's really interesting to look at. And CoStar has gotten some of my stuff wrong. So I trust this app a little bit more. I I use both, but only because I trust Time Passages to be more correct. But I like CoStar's little, like, blurbs. Blurbs. Like the messages where, like, where it gives you your do's and don'ts for the day. And, like, for me, I, um, they said it was a rising Leo. My rising. But, see, I think, I think you could go either way, like, personality-wise. See, I don't, I don't, my, like, I have a God complex, but that's because of mental illness, not because of my star sign. Um, but, like, today, I need, it's my do's and don'ts on CoStar. Do, Venus flytraps, fire extinguisher, scapegoats. See, the do's and don'ts. Don't. Claws out as a dare playing tag. See, the thing that... They don't make sense, but I love them. That's the thing, is that they're do's and don'ts. I feel like there's just some random dude who's like, okay, write down three random words. Exactly. And three random no, phrases. No, exactly. And I'm like, what the fuck does me playing tag have to do with anything right now? Or doing dares? Or, well, doing other shit. I guess I gotta go buy a Venus fucking fly trap today. Jesus Christ. Anyway, I just think of it as be a Venus flytrap. No. So be a man eater? Yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, so we start um, this episode with uh, Kolchak is covering a hospital dedication, and he thinks it is hella boring. This is the worst day of his life. He has to cover this hospital dedication. I am sorry. If I was a reporter, I'd be like, yeah. Well, I mean, here's oh, the thing. Really cool. Here's the thing. I'm sure hospital dedication could be interesting. But Kolchak also just doesn't ever want to do his job unless it's really exciting. Okay. Yeah, true. I think he made the wrong career path. He should have been a cop. Or like a something in the police force. Right, like he's, or FBI. he's really a private eye, not really yeah, a reporter. Um, he's like Castle. He solves crimes and writes books. Yes. Um, but... Kolchak, he, uh, he's going in, uh, investigating this, you know, not investigating, reporting on this opening thing. We see someone, you know, room shake for a little bit and someone die. Well, okay, so before, this is weird, there's one scene that, scene that I found very weird because it was, it was spliced. It was spliced, but usually when they cut to something that Kolchak's not a part of, there's a narration explaining yeah. what it's, why... And what happens, and there was no narration. It just yeah. spliced into this other scene. Like, in the middle of someone else talking, too, so it was, like, it was just like, and the, uh, and then it would go to, like, this whole other Which, scene. Which, it was supposed to be a fade-out, because we were supposed to not care what the other guy was talking yeah. about, but it was cut a little Like, jagged. his voice was too... They didn't... They didn't... Blend fade, they didn't voice. blend his voice well. But so... But then, we so we see this, like, um, electrical explosion and the wall cracking, and in theory, in 1974, that wall crack would have been hella scary. Yeah. Like, obviously, it wasn't really that scary to me right now, but I was actually really impressed with the way they did that. Yeah. Um, the way that they showed the walls cracking, like, that was all practical. Like, in was, any scene yeah, that they was, had that, like, this had to have been a big production budget for this episode. Because well, we, or no, maybe. but also, I know it's not because of the trivia that I've already okay. read, but also, yeah, but, like... The way that they cracked the walls really was good. really good. Um, the guy getting electrocuted and throwing himself in the ground, not as good, but the wall crack, yeah, great. Um, and then when these uh, incidences happen, which is very inconsistent, sometimes the cameraman wants to just make it pretend like he's having a, sh- a seizure and which shake is, the camera to, ex- to show, show it, that the it walls is shaking. There was a lot of really shaky camera work and really splotchy, like, coloring, but I think it was supposed to be, like, I think it was intentional. I don't think it worked, I don't think it read as well today, Yeah, but I do think it was all intentional, and I think it made sense. For the time. Yeah. And that's why I said, that really showed the age of the show, for sure, because, yikes. (laughs) It just looked like if you had, like, we're holding, like, your phone camera just doing this with it. Like, that's what the earthquake scenes look like. I mean, that's what an earthquake looks like to me. Fair. Um, just kidding. I've never experienced an earthquake. Except for, like, maybe, like, a point one one. Yeah. Like, I've definitely felt the ground shake and be like, oh, shit, I think there was an earthquake. Mm-hmm. But, like, we live in a place where there's not really earthquakes, so whenever I felt an earthquake, it was, like, a, a, a two on the Richter scale, and it was, like, 30 minutes away, so it was just like a, whoop, oh, it's yeah. done. Um, so then the nurse comes up. And whispers to the hospital guys what's going on. And so they decide not to take the press to the basement, which of course means Kolchak has to to go go to the basement. basement. So he follows the nurse. And um, he's talking to her. 
And I really like Janice immediately because mm-hmm. her, the whole conversation basically feels like she likes Kolchak. She is charmed by him. She thinks he's funny and she thinks he's right. Mm-hmm. But she's not about to lose her job over this man. Yes. Which is very... And, like, she's also carries herself. I think she's probably the one who carries herself, I think, in the highest regard out of all. Oh, she is by far the smartest female sidekick so far. And she's super funny. She's so gorgeous. And, um... Which she uses to her advantage later. Yeah. Like, but deliberately. Yeah. She's, like... She knows what she has. She reserves it for herself. But she's, like... But I want to know some information, so let me slap on some lipstick and get what I need. No, I'm obsessed with her. Um... And so they go to the basement, and they, um, like, and Kolchak sees what's going on and everything, and um, they talk about the fact that the air conditioners aren't working, but actually they are. Mm-hmm. It's just still really hot. And um, Kolchak is hella sweaty, but I had to say I appreciated it because it was the first time that we had an explanation for why he was so sweaty. Yeah. So, like, it didn't bother me that he was hella sweaty because that was kind of the point. But yeah. Um, also, the, be, before you knew, I want to point out one thing. I like how when Kolchak, because there's going to be many instances where he pretends to be many different professions, he either throws on a hat or a coat, and he no one can recognize Oh, I have notes Kolchak. about that later. I have notes about that later. Um, so, basically, uh, Kolchak sees all the stuff. He talks to the people. Nobody's giving him any answers, which is fair. Like, I wouldn't give a random dude answers to what was going on. Like, mm. if I don't work for the PR team, it's not my fucking job. Yeah. Also, I don't want to get fired because I told you something I wasn't supposed to say. Yeah. Um... Well, especially because Janice knows he's the press. Mm-hmm. The janitor guy doesn't, but mm-hmm. the janitor guy also is sketched out by him. Yeah. Um, he didn't go like, I don't have a name. Oh, he said, he said, I don't know. That's just what my foreman told me. Who's your foreman? I don't know. What's his name? I don't know. What's your name? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so Kolchak's original thought is that it's bad construction. Like, for once, I think the thing I liked the most about this episode this is, is that like a reasonable Kolchak did not jump to Supernatural. Yeah. He did not think this is fucked up until he saw stuff that was did not make sense. Yeah. He was just like, this building has all these cracks in the basement, the heat doesn't make sense, and nobody's talking to me, so clearly the hospital's about to fall down. Mm-hmm. Bad construction. Um, he also does not write his article. He gives it to Miss Emily to write. Mm-hmm. And um, while it was not necessarily useful, the whole scene... Where um, Miss Emily is ranting about old people not being treated well in hospitals, and then Tony is like fighting with and her and Kolchak. I was obsessed, mm-hmm. um, especially because I have a note that says uh, Carl's attitude about gang killings in Chicago had me dead. Yeah. I was cracking up at he- the way he talked about gang shootings. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, nobody's gonna talk anyway. He's like, last time I went. To talk about a gang shooting, uh, there, there was 30 people in the restaurant and 25 of them were in the men's room. <laughs> um, and so Kolchak calls his friend Don Kibby to get a favor. And, um, oh, and Miss Emily says that she likes to see Vincenzo working because she likes older Old people, people with spunk. spunk. And Vincenzo really just didn't acknowledge it. He's just like, Okay. <laughs> And just when I was married. It's one of those things where, like, okay, so I had this French teacher in middle school who was legitimately batshit crazy. I love that. Like, went on a roof because to find pennies because someone told them her that they were up there. Got kicked in the face by a horse because someone told her to pull its tail. Like, batch. Oh, my God. 
um, the boys in my class at separate times throughout the year convinced her that um, one of them was part of a twin set and he and his twin switched off what days they went to school so one day he would act like himself and the next day he would act like his twin but he called his twin Kunta Kinte like the character from Roots and just shouted things at her in fake African languages oh my God. and she did not notice and then they also same boy and his friend also convinced her that they were Muslim and that they needed to pray at a certain time every day and they would just get up on top of their desks and start like wailing like they were praying and she just was like well that's what they have to do what? we climbed out of the window to pick flowers and brought climbed back in the window and brought them to her and she had no idea where they came from like she was insane how does she still have a job uh, she, they tried to fire her, and she sued them for trying to fire people over mental health conditions. <laughs> um, so, uh, Miss Emily reminds me of her. <laughs> What's the point of that story? Nice. Um, only, Miss Emily's a little bit more there. Yeah. A lot a bit more there. She has the spunk. Your teacher just had the what the fuck. <laughs> So then um, he takes, oh, this is the note that I was talking about. The best, I've always heard this, the best way to sneak around places is to fully act like you belong there. Yeah. The best way to not get noticed when you're somewhere you don't belong is to act fully like you belong there. Mm-hmm. And Cole Shack did that 47 times this episode. Like yep. everywhere he went, he did not sneak around. He just boldly walked into places as if he belonged there so nobody fucking questioned him. Yeah. It was great. I love you love to see a Kolchak not being a wuss. Oh yeah, no. He is a bold. Bold as shit. Mm-hmm. Um so he takes this um architecture guy with him down to the basement to look at it. And the architecture dude is like, these are absolutely not settling cracks. This is hardcore structural damage. And um there are a bunch of different possible real-world scenarios that Kolsha kept saying, like, what if it's not this? Yeah. Then it could be this. Well, then what if it's not that? So then it basically, could be that. they come to the conclusion that based on the cracks and the heat, that the geologist who decided where the building should go was wrong and that it was an over-a-geothermal fault line. Yeah. Now, my problem with that. Is there no geothermal fault line in Chicago? I don't know, because, um, it doesn't seem like a Chicago thing, Mm um, let's look at the Illinois, uh, map of, yeah, no, there, the historical earthquakes in Chicago or in Illinois, there's been like one in Chicago, very small, probably coming from under the lakes. Um, so, so probably not. Probably not an accurate thing. Also, I was really confused at first because they didn't say a geothermal, they said a geothermal leak, leak mm-hmm. but they didn't say it in a way that I understood what they were talking about. And I was like, if there was a leak in a geothermal heat HVAC system, which is what my brain went to, um, A, it would not cause structural damage, and B, it would not cause it to heat up that much because mm-hmm. you're underground. Yeah. 
So I was like, this is not even accurate. And then later in the episode, Kolchak says something about fault lines. And I go, oh, okay, no, that makes more sense, but also geographically inaccurate. But again, people from from California probably don't think about the fact that not everywhere else on the planet is literally falling apart and going to knock off the country like California is. Yeah. Um, is somebody going to blow this bitch up. I hated that noise I just made. Anyway, I did too. Um, then the... I saw this and it says popping light bulbs. I thought it said pooping light bulbs. I was like, that's a neat trick. Uh, no, so while they're there, the uh, they have, the shaking and electricity starts to happen again, and then they just every light bulb individually starts popping, mm-hmm. and I thought it looked sick. Yeah, it was actually really cool, and uh, because they have to use like construction lights down there because because the power's already the been power's fucked. like just gone. So, which makes you want to think if they didn't have. A, well, I'm an idiot. They're construction lamps, so they probably run on battery, not outlet. Yeah. Ignore me. Yeah, work lights wouldn't run in the same power grid as the whole building. building. Yeah. Um, they might still be plugged into something, but they're probably plugged into like an external so, power source. Yeah. Um, because like obviously during construction, when you don't have electricity yet, but you need them. Um. Uh, so then Kolchak goes to back to Janice mm-hmm. and is like, "Yo." I was just in the basement, and that shit is fucked. Mm-hmm. And she knows something's not normal because um, every person that is dying, um, the the one thing that they all have in common is that they were touching something electrical when they died. Mm-hmm. But the what they died of is not electrocution. Yeah. And so she's like thinking that these people are being murdered. And, but in a very weird way. Yeah, like she doesn't. I don't think she knows what, what to think. Is. She just knows something is not, not okay. Right. Yeah. Um. And then my next note says Kolchak is the best bullshitter alive. Yes. Um. Because it is the scene where Kolchak is pretending to be a pathologist. Yeah, he pulled that off really well. Except for when he didn't know how to look at a microscope. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, it's very interesting. Oh, I've never seen anything like this. Well, before. no, but then he does it first, and he's like, oh, yeah. And then the other guy moves the plate under the microscope, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Just kidding. I was like, like my joke. <laughs> I'm so funny. Um, and then, of course, the detective shows up and is like, oh, Dr. Kolshak, huh? Mm-hmm. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> um, and he kicks him out, and he... It's interesting because the detective acts the same way that most of the detectives on the show work, like, show do, and, like, how they just don't want Kolchak interfering. Mm-hmm. Only there's, this time, there's no reason for the detective to be there. Yeah. Except for that it proves Kolchak. Right. That yeah. something is fucked up. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. Um, so then we get to the real plot of the episode. Mm-hmm. Because so far that has not really been the plot of the episode. That's all been exposition. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, we find out at the beginning that these, um, that the Native American work crew, steel crew that had built the hospital, um, quit. Yeah. So and Kol- two men had died. Yeah. So Kolchak wants to go talk to them and figure out why they have quit. And um, 
but because they are a, a Native American crew, only their shaman will talk for them, which basically, I don't like the wording of that because yes, like their Native American crew and Jim Elkhorn is their the shaman for their tribe. But also, like, just say they're a labor union and only the union representative can talk to the press for them. Like, that's what happened. Yeah. Like, only the boss can talk to the press. Like, the dudes on the fucking steel line can't do shit. Yeah. Sorry, my whole family, like, my whole family works in construction. Yeah. And I know for a fact the laborers are not talking to the press. Like, that's not how How that that works. works. Yeah. So, like, the making it because they're native just was fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, so he goes and talks to the head representative of... He's a fucking tool. Oh, big tool. He's, like, performing him. He's basically talking to a one-night stand. He's like, oh, you're doing the old salesman trick, leaving your hat and coat behind so you can get back in here. And I was like... Yeah, but then he hangs up the phone. He answers the phone again. It's a different Different lady. He's just out here getting And Cole Shack goes... Oh... I know how to work him. Then he was like, what, do I need to leave my hat and coat in here for me to come back to? And then, uh, it was up. But, um, Jim says the Machiminito killed his men and then slams the door mm-hmm. and Cole Shack's face. Now. Later, they talk more about what the legend of the Machiminito is. But, of course, I need to, to look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not find that word anywhere on the internet mm-hmm. except for and Kolchak. But I found no, I, well, I found one article that talked about it. And I found other things that referenced similar words, but not quite. Yeah. Um, basically, Macha Manito in the Potawatani, yeah, the Potawatani tribe calls Macha Manito, like, the evil spirit. Like, there's a good spirit and an evil spirit. Mm-hmm. But basically, they did not have a defined evil spirit until after mm-hmm. Catholic missionaries and, French, like, French priests came and, like, talked to them and the more Western ideas of good versus evil mm-hmm. instead of, like, multiple spirits came yeah. to be. So, like, the tribal gods were, like, morphed into the... Christian lore and Macha Manito like exists as this weird combination of multiple things. Mm -hmm. There's also absolutely nothing on the internet that has anything to do with a bear. Cool. But I understand where the bear god thought comes from because of the hibernation. Because of the hibernation. Like the, and I think that them saying because they the only time they referred to him as a bear was that once when they were comparing the acts of this energy to a bear. No, well because earlier before they have that conversation, Kolchak calls him a bear god when Jim is telling him and Janice and Diana all about the story. Okay. And Kolchak does call him a bear god and that was probably just poor writing to mm-hmm. be honest. But um because even watching, I didn't get the impression that it was a bear. No. It is basically, like, just an evil spirit that mm-hmm. is trying to take energy from the world. Yeah. And the bear part comes from the hibernation and the fact that historical records only talk about the spirit in the summer. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't really understand that part. Mm-hmm. So, because, like I said, literally this word did not exist on the internet except in reference to this episode yeah. and one article about the Potawatomi tribe. Yeah. Um, 
which also, I have no idea if Jim Elkhorn is supposed to be Potawatomi. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm skipping around a little bit. Because um, he talks about how this spirit, like the spirit has been there since before the Illinois tribe came, before the French people came, before my people came. Mm-hmm. Now, the Illinois tribe obviously is where the state of Illinois gets its name from. That mm-hmm. The timeline of those things is accurate. But the Algonquin tribes that came and met and took the French side during the French and British battles that came down from Ottawa and are in the Great Lakes region, Potawatomi is one of five of those tribes. Mm -hmm. He does not say anything that makes it accurate of which tribe he is from, Mm -hmm. but Potawatomi is the only of the five that has this legend. Okay. So it's like... I have no idea. Like, there's a lot of things that are accurate and a lot of things that are just lazy and left mostly unsaid too right and i feel like that this is what they were trying to do with bad medicine but bad medicine had so much of a cultural legend that they were trying to push and being so accurate by talking about certain tribes by talking i think that's why they try to keep the whole what what it was was right well because also like so skipping around i have comments about the scene before this one but like no, we won't skip. Okay, so he talks to Jim. Then we go back to the hospital, and they show another girl dying. Mm-hmm. My note is that this girl would have fucking died even if it wasn't an electrical ghost monster because the nurse left her panic button so far away from mm-hmm. her, and she is paralyzed. Yeah. How the fuck was she supposed to grab it? And only her, like, head and her right arm work. Mm-hmm. Right. And the thing was... Not in her reach. Mm-hmm. I was so mad about that. I was like, well, this girl would have died even if it wasn't a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Kolchak is sneaking around the hospital again to go talk to Janice. And he hides behind a pile of bedpans. And I literally just wrote, I fucking hope those are clean bedpans. Yeah. Because he's like dropping them and shaking them. And I was like, oh my god. I was so stressed out by that. <laughs> and his face was right there. This. Um... So then Kolchak brings Janice with him to go to Jim's house because she's pretty. She's pretty. And um, basically coaches Janice on all the questions to ask to get Jim to answer all of Kolchak's questions, but mm-hmm. because he'll only talk to a pretty lady. And of course, his neighbor Diana is there and she is not happy. Yeah. Um, basically, he says one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. He said, um, well, a shaman is a hereditary title, but I don't really practice anymore now that we got Blue Cross. I'm back, bitches. Oh, hello. Are you podcasting? Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping. You yeah. scared the hell out of me. Um, I knew she was coming up the stairs. I didn't oh. realize she was going to yell at us. I wanted to yell. Okay. Welcome to Renee, everyone. Um, yeah, so shaman, hereditary title, but I don't use it anymore now that the, the union got Blue Cross. Which is hysterical, but also in the Potawatomi tribe, shaman is not a hereditary title. You have to go on an actual medical, like, spirit journey to become a shaman. So that was, um, again, where I got real fucking confused. Yeah, so maybe he's not from that tribe. Right, um, because also, where, I have a note. Oh, it's later, but it kind of goes into this scene, too, um. Just kidding. No. So, oh, and then I was, like, trying to figure out if anything that Jim was saying made any sense, but it, it did when I paused and did more research on tribes in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Diana has my favorite line. 
of the episode because okay so his neighbor who was there to try to go on a date with him had came over because she had an english muffin stuck in her toaster what an innuendo right when she leaves she literally just goes well stuff the muffin looking at janice and i spit my drink out i was like she said fuck you janice She said, stuff the muffin, I'll eat oatmeal instead. And I was like, damn. And then all I could think of was Kevin G was, has anyone buttered your muffin? Would you like me to assign someone to butter your muffin for you? I hate this. <laughs> Continuing on. Um, oh, and so then they're talking about, oh, so they're doing all this research about why... My notes from here on out, there's, I don't really know what happened. This is when they did, like, the whole research, and that's when they found out that the spirit hibernates, and that it, uh... Yeah, but it's not at first, because I have the, I have something about them talking, and then them in the hospital, and then more things about the research. So I don't actually know what happens here. But basically, um, we find out that the reason that this spirit is Oh, out. oh, oh, I remember. They go back to, wait, or no, they go back to the hospital. This is the back, or this is the hospital. So this is when they go and they, the, all the doctors experience. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. It. No, that's not that. That isn't, okay. No. Uh, so I thought maybe that was that thing. No. See. So, exactly. I don't know what my, my notes, I don't, I don't actually know. And I watched this yesterday and then didn't sleep last night. So, like, I have no idea. Um, but basically... The hospital was built on reclaimed land, which if you don't know what reclaimed land is, it's basically when you have coastal land Mm -hmm. that you then change where the lake or the sea exists. Like you physically alter the shoreline in order to have more land for building. Mm -hmm. It happens a lot in like island countries but not like beach island countries like Mm. places like hong kong like mountainous island countries Mm. can have land that they literally just like change where the ocean stops yeah by building up Mm -hmm. um so it is reclaimed land and so it used to be underwater which kept it cold and then they moved the water and now the land is not cold anymore hence Mm -hmm. the hibernation ending yeah which we find that out in a different scene than we find out about the research. Yeah. So I don't remember, remember how exactly that happened. I don't that. remember how when or how that conversation happens. I think they're still at Jim's house with Janice. Yeah. But I, I don't know how they led into that. Yeah. I just that was an, an important fact. Um, so then they go back to the hospital. And basically, uh, Kolshak takes Jim to the basement to have him do a tribal, like, shaman medicine man dance and chant to get rid of this thing this is a lot better than the e-i-e-i-o thing facts i was gonna say the chant was actually pretty accurate and my note says but this is called called exploitation yes but also i really appreciated how they showed jim's character in this because like and it didn't bother me hey he did not bother me in this even though the actor is not native because what happened was he started to do the chants which again were more accurate and then he just stopped and he said you know what it didn't work for my grandfather it's not going to work for me and it was a very very real um 
kind of experience that a lot of Native Americans in large cities went through, especially in that time period of the dichotomy between fitting into modern society and trying to keep true to tribal roots. And like, especially in the 70s and 80s, there was a lot of like really, really difficult decisions to be made in that ways of trying to figure out how to adapt Mm -hmm. especially in places like I said like big cities that didn't have like reservation land yeah like when there are places where tribes were still on reservations and they had more um obviously like we're not getting into the politics of the reservation system because that is a totally different topic but when there was places that were designated for these people that were all people of the tribe living together living in Mm -hmm their history Mm -hmm. they were more able to stay connected with it but then like the people who were living in larger cities where they didn't have the same connection to the land or to their history it was it was it was more like it was more like saying i'm potawatani is more is less about an identity and more about an ethnicity yeah and so i thought that he did that very genuinely um, so then they go back to the house to do more research, mm-hmm. and, um... That's where we find out about the hibernation. We find out about the hibernation and the French priests writing about it and how they only row in summer, and that's when I realized that the bear part probably wasn't as, um, ignorant as I thought it was. Yeah. I still don't know where it came from, but at least I, I, I see where the episode was going with it. Yeah. Um, then they go to the hospital to talk to the owners and the doc- the guys who made the hospital and everything. And the doctor actually fully believes them. Yeah, the one doctor does, the owner. Okay, so there's three guys. There's the owner, the doctor, and the architect. The yeah. architect basically says absolutely nothing. Yeah. The doctor fully believes them. The owner's like, get the fuck out of my hospital. And then while this whole discussion's going on, they're presenting their evidence, they get paged down to the basement and... Well, this is the first time that we can say any authoritative figure besides Kolchak has seen the shit that's gone on. Well, no. Remember in the Alien episode, the police officer definitely saw and then pretended he didn't? But that's like, well, they also did kind of pretend for the press release. They pretended for the press, but they fully... Their, their execution of taking care of the issue was they, not based They fully of, were like, shit, this guy is not crazy. This is real. We need to do something. But we also can't, like, look to the press like we built our uh, our hospital on ancient native burial grounds because fuck. So uh, they pretended not to. Yeah. They had, um, then they ended up having to evacuate the hospital um, and to basically make the whole hospital a refrigerator. Yeah, the rest of my notes aren't really important. Um, and when they do this, they... They were. That's why they went there in the first place. As Kolchak was, you know, presenting them. You know, you should probably do this, and then they ended up doing that. But they only said because there was some foundation issues going on, so no one obviously knew the real so reason why. Now, so then, okay, so then the ending is kind of anticlimactic. The ending is a little anticlimactic. Um, Kolchak. Oh, there was some funny dialogue with Kolchak and Tony, where uh, Kolchak uh, bought two new cameras, cameras just to try to get pictures of the Macho Manito. And um, Kolsha or Antonia was like, "How much? How dollars And then I laughed because forty dollars is like a meal at Chipotle. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, but then, so basically, Kolsha goes down there 
The monster is getting more aggressive. Flames are coming out of the ground. My phone is supposed to be on Do Not Disturb. Sorry about that. It was on Do Not Disturb, but I guess I said it long enough that it timed out. Yes. Um, great. Anyway, so sparks are coming out of the ground. Kolchak is blowing a fire extinguisher mm-hmm. at it, which is kind of helping, but then the liquid nitrogen comes in the room to cool it down enough. And then Kolchak passes out because of in the liquid nitrogen. The liquid nitrogen. But when he wakes up in the hospital at the very end, they said that he only had frostbite on his hand and feet hand and feet, and his hands looked just like this. That first of all, he would have been dead. We don't know how long he okay, was first down of all, there. Yeah, for. we have no idea how long he was down there. Second of all, I don't actually have any idea. How he passed out? Because unless he got to his lungs, I don't. That's the thing is, that, and he was like face down in that. He would have been breathing his his lungs right. would have literally crystallized. Right, but like before he passed out, he should have been fine. The ventilation systems were still open. Yeah, like it just it didn't make any sense. Yeah, zero of the sense. Um, but then when I said they did address it, mm-hmm. when Ian Kolchak's little post-show monologue where he was talking about what happened. The guy who didn't believe him, the asshole owner, his development company was re-putting water back over that area. He was building the channel. So he fully believed them and was like, fuck, we gotta recover this area with water so that this does not happen again. So, like, finally we had someone who was actually listening to Kolshak and said, I'm gonna actually fix this issue. I mean, I'm going to do it in a way where Kolchak gets zero credit and I still look like a good guy and um, um, nobody knows that there was some fucking weird, evil, like, demon spirits in my hospital. But also, I fixed it. Yeah. Um, But, like, a lot of people had to die for him to fix it. Yeah. But, oh, sorry. (laughs) Thinking of a lot of people dying, it reminded me of Janice's quote where she said, it's a hospital, of course people are dying. Oh, yeah. Also, Janice did end up getting the RIP treatment. She died. Did she? Yeah, I remember when the, the, the x-ray scene happened and the x-ray room b- blew up and then they went into the other side of the wall. Janice was the one that, that nurse that was laying there. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. That's sad. Janice got the... Janice. The... Um, yeah, Kolchak was like, try- oh, when he was trying to explain what happened to the people and, like, what the monster was doing, mm-hmm. he was explaining, like, electrocution. <laughs> this is like <laughs> And he said the monster doesn't really, like, what it does is it, like, sucks energy in and then pushes it back out, like, bigger. So that's where you get the electrical surges from. And he was like, yeah, so basically he's overcharging the patients, which, as a hospital, you should know all about that. Yeah. I pissed myself. I was like, damn, Kolshek, out here speaking the truth. Now, on to trivia, because clock is a tick-a-tackin'. Yeah, we. Oh, I opened my text messages instead of my pictures. Because we spent a lot of time talking about our life. We really didn't. Truthfully, we only spent like twenty minutes about our life. That is true. This is like a normal length episode. For yeah, us. Right. A, we're not. The problem is that we both have places to be at noon, and it is currently eleven o'clock. And so, like Monica's starting to be anxious because she's insane. I am. So our goofs. Uh, factual error. The high steel workers are usually from tribes in the U.S., Northeast, and Southern Canada. Those tribes didn't have shaman. That's not true. Not all, most tribes in this area did not have shaman or did not use that term, but the Potawatomi did. Mm-hmm. 
So that is an incorrect factual error. But also, again, we don't actually know if they were supposed to be part of the Potawatomi tribe. True. So. I think that's a kind of vague for the sense of that. Right. I mean, yes. Could it be Potawatomi? Most tribes in the U.S., Northeast, and Southern Canada do not have shaman or at least do not use the term shaman for their medicine men or healers. Yeah. According to the Minneapolis Museum of History's Potawatomi tribe, which is where I got most Potawatomi history tri- um, articles, which is where most I got most of my information because they have very, very in-depth stuff on their website about it, they do use the word shaman. But again, I don't have confirmation that that is the tribe, except for the connection to the Machamanito. Okay. So, revealing mistakes. When the repairmen, this is what I said, this is how you can tell it's cheap. When the repairmen are applying plaster to the walls, they move because they're only made of canvas or hard paper. Oh, okay. So even though the cracks look really good, it's because it's done with like a crackling paint or like a paper that tears in a way. It's all hard paper and canvas, not actually walls which is why it's able to look so good and still be so cheap nice that came out really well i like yeah so like we love a good practical effect but also if you're going to show someone plastering a wall at least put a beam behind it so that it doesn't move yeah um the boom mic is visible when Shack brings the architect to the hospital to expect its lower levels. I didn't notice that because there's so many other construction things happening yeah. there that I didn't see that that's what it was, yeah. but I fully believe that. I 100%. Um, <laughs> character error. The paralyzed woman has her makeup done, is wearing fake eyelashes, and has her nails manicured. If and she's in the hospital and is paralyzed, there is... Very little reason for this to be done. True. I didn't even think about that. Like, she can literally only use one hand. She is not using that one hand to and put fake eyelashes on. And literally only does, like, this. Well, she no, she can let move it, like, this much. Like, her shoulder moves a little bit. But yeah. if she, she can only stretch her arm, she she's not putting, fo- she's not wasting energy to put fake eyelashes yeah. on. There's only one piece of trivia, and I did already kind of mention it. Kolshak and Jim Elkhorn are doing research on the Machamanito, the energy eater entity, and are reading diaries and logs of pioneers who encountered or mentioned the entity. Elkhorn fluently reads and translates from a French passage written by a French priest who refers to it. William, ooh, sorry, William Smith, who played Jim Elkhorn, is fluent in Russian, French, German, and Serbo-Croatian, as well as English. He learned foreign languages while serving as an intelligence specialist for the U.S. Air Force during the Korean War. Again, super spy. Super spy. I'm an international super spy. Super spy! I knew that was going to happen. I knew it. I felt it in my bones. That Mary-Kate was going to go all Pablo on me from freaking backyard again and think that that was okay. Anyway. That was this week's episode of Death and Aliens. And anticlimactic ending. Pretty decent watch. I wasn't that angry with it. Um, I really liked it. It just was hard to pay attention to it because I was watching it yesterday while, um, I don't know, the entire city was flooding. Oh, yeah. That's it was raining so hard last night that, like, half of the city literally flooded. Yeah. And oh. I was trying to watch this episode while my windows were getting beat to shit with rain. Yeah. So it wasn't that it was a bad episode. I was just distracted, which is clearly why I didn't even know Janice died. Yeah. Um, 
But if you want to let us know anything or talk to us or tell us you suck, you can email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at deathandaliens. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. I wouldn't. And then you can follow me on Instagram at monica.lynn underscore and Twitter at mon underscore lynn underscore. Renee is giving me judgmental looks. Don't mind me. I can't wait for them to move to Florida. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Bye.